I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Good day, good people. My name is Brad King, and you are listening to the Downtown Riders Jam video podcast, which is part of the Solid Listen Podcast Network. Max the Dog and I are coming to you from deep inside the jam bunker. He is sleeping on the floor. He did not sleep real well last night, but I bet he's going to make an appearance at some point today because he always does. Very excited because today on the program, B.B. Russell, her book Kindreds is out now. So B.B. was born in Pittsburgh, uh, but she was raised out in Western Pennsylvania or Western New York, not Pennsylvania. Um, and she is a reader and writer. She's sort of done that her whole life. What, gra- what I gravitated to here is that she has a PhD in education. And I've talked a little bit about it on the show, but not a whole lot, but my background is in education. And uh, my first job outside of writing was teaching middle school. So I was very excited. Anytime I get somebody who studies education and has spent time working in that, like I'm always really interested. Uh, she's a professor and a therapist. Um, and what's interesting is that she, this book, while not, it's not an academic book. It is a, it is a trade nonfiction. Kindred's is, you know, it's a young adult novel, but it is based on some of the things that she studied over time that she's seen. And so that to me is fascinating. Like I love it when arts and science come together. Uh, so when she's not doing all of her other stuff, um, she's hanging out with her husband, three kids, uh, her dog, um, Actually, her two dogs. She has two dogs. Um, I did not get to meet either one of them, but I was very sad. But if you're a dog person, education, and a writer, you're all right with me. Before we get to the conversation today, there's a little bit of business that we got to do. As you know, the video podcast comes out on Monday and Friday-ish. 
and the jam proper comes out on Wednesdays. If you want to help us out, a couple things you can do. First, tell your friends about us. That is the best way for us to spread the word. And the second thing is for you to leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you listen through Apple, you can leave us a written review, which would be amazing. You can also head on over to the Facebook page, leave us a review there. You can go to the writersjam.com and leave us a testimonial through the contact page. While you're there, you can check out this video series. You can buy the books of anybody who's been on the show by clicking on that bookshop link. You can get book reviews if you're looking for a book to read, or if you just want all of that sent to you, sign up for our newsletter. The other thing you can do is support everybody on the Solid Listen Podcast Network by clicking on that little Patreon button. If you do that, just a couple bucks a month, you'll get bonus content, commercial-free episodes, and stuff from everybody across the network. So go ahead and do that right now. Like I said, I'm very excited to have BB on the show. Uh, it, if you've heard me talk, you know I didn't love teaching. Teaching was not my favorite thing in the world to do. I don't do well in structured environments like that. Um, that is not how I learned. And so it was very difficult for me, particularly as the world became much more outcome-based, which meant everything had to be tracked to an outcome which is fine. And I understand that, but not really my gig, right? Um, I'm more of a constructivist, which means I like to let people play around and figure out what they do and don't know, and then help them fill in the gaps. And so talking to BB uh, about education and about how that informed some of what she wrote. And again, not a direct line, but just things that she was seeing and, and the kinds of stories that she thought needed to be told um, and that wanted to tell. I just find that so interesting because it's hard it's really hard if you're not a writer i'm just gonna tell you maybe even if you are a writer it's really hard to sit down and go well here's a message or here's some themes that i would like to see you know kids get like writing young adult stuff that is based in you know science and and solid um educational practices and things that we know will make people healthy and and and, and better people and then to also put an art on top of that, that shit is difficult. Like, that's not something I could do. Like, I just don't, I just know for a fact I could not do that. So having somebody on the program and talking a little bit about that was fun for me because, you know, it's just one of those things that I'm like, oh man, like, this is really important. And if you are a reader, if you're listening to this program, I'm guessing that you're probably a reader of some kind. Like, you probably read a lot of young adult stuff when you were young. And I got lots of friends that still read it that still to this day, like go through that stuff, just because there's so many, it's more open in some ways. Like there's discussions of like feelings and empathy and all of that stuff. That's far more present as sort of frontline elements of the story. I don't know why I have some thoughts, but as I always say, like I'm not an expert in these areas, so there's no reason for me to opine about it. But I just know that like, that's such a formative part of everybody's reading experience and living experience um, that it's fun to have somebody on the show that like actually is an expert on this and is actually doing something, you know, in the young adult space. So I appreciate her coming on the show and I appreciate you stopping by to spend a few minutes with us here in the bunker. Max and I always appreciate that. I hope that you are doing well. I hope your day is going well. And I hope that you are taking care of yourself as you get on back into the world. And I hope that you will sit back for the next half hour and enjoy my conversation with B.B. Russell. 
Well, I was going to say, yeah. So <laughs> it, the project started nine years ago. Okay. But, um, you know, I really wrote it in like maybe eight months. And then for the next five years, picked it up, edited it, put it down, picked it up, edited it, put it down. Yeah. Um, and it was really about two and a half years ago that I finally decided, all right, look, I either need to put it out in the world or I need to just put it away. Yeah. But that's the thing, right? Like people, so, so people have been hearing about this project. Like this is the horror of being a writer. It's like, I swear to God, I'm working on it. Right. Yeah. Like I'm not just sitting in my room surfing the internet. Like this is, I mean, maybe, but like, it's all in, you know, it's moving something forward. That right. I'm it's, doing research. it's research. It's yeah. research. <laughs> or like recovering from writing. So like yeah. having that moment where you're like doing stuff in the backyard with your friends, that'll be cathartic. Yeah. Yeah, it will be. And tell them not to ask you what you're doing next. Yeah. Well, everyone already is like, so, you know, is there a book two? Is there a series? Like what, you know? And I'm like, okay, like I'm working on it. I am, you know, at time frame. I'm not sure yet, but I'm working on <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Judging by the last one, it'll be nine years from <laughs> <Right>. now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. So everybody go about your business and I'll get in touch with you when I need to. <laughs> yeah. No, it so, won't be that long. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny because the, um, who published your book? Green Raiders Press. Okay. So do you, are, are they, do they have like a first look at the next book or like, is the next one sort of on your own and you'll sort of figure out what you're doing with it? So, yeah, I, I can talk to them about it. Um, and then we'll just decide if it fits with their catalog or if I'll just yeah. shop it myself. It's, you know, it's one of those, like, as you're writing stuff, like the first one takes forever. And then the second one, the publishers are like, when is that next one coming? Right. Right. So did you, mm -hmm. when did you start working on the second one? Or have you? Is it really more just in your head right now? No, I've worked on it. Um, it's, you know, it's probably like three fourths of the way, you know, I have like a really strong first draft. Um, it's really in the editing process at this wow. point. Um, you know, I started probably about two years ago, once I knew that Kindreds was going to be put out in the world. Um, I started outlining and, you know, taking notes on my phone and just yeah. whenever, whenever I got a minute to write it down. Yeah. Um, Doing the thing. Yeah, exactly. It's really interesting, you know, talking to all these writers and being a writer, it's always so interesting that that first book is such a like walk in the dark where you're just like, I don't really know how this works. Like, I'm just going to keep doing it. And then mm -hmm. the second one, everybody who does fiction has told me the second one, they're like, I know how to write a book, but it doesn't help me because it's a different process I'm going through the second time. Yeah. The yeah. only well, thing I know is that I know I can get to the end. Right. I know I can do it. You know, I started in a different place with the second one. I, you know, I'm a lot older <laughs> starting the second one, um, you know, and kind of know my process a little bit better, my process now and, yeah. and knowing I don't have to start at the you know beginning all the way to the end. I can start at the end and work my way back or sometimes you, as you're writing, you don't know what's coming out. Yeah. And so, you know, you think you got a storyline in your head and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait. You know, yep. there's something over here I got to add or, oh, my gosh, that was a character I never thought of. Um, so it's a fun, creative process. It's always interesting because I'm a nonfiction writer. So it's always mm. interesting because that is not the case in nonfiction. Right. <laughs> right. Like, like, yeah. You, the story. I mean, the story sometimes goes where you don't know, but it's because you found stuff out, mm -hmm. not because you're like, it'd be really good if this guy did this now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, right. And we venture into in cold blood Truman Capote territory. Um <laughs> And so it's always fascinating to me to hear writers like fiction writers say like, oh, yeah, like I outlined it and then that didn't work. You know, like these oh, characters yeah. wanted to do this thing and that was not what I thought they were going to do. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, a new character comes in or you have to kill off someone that you really love or. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
It's my favorite story. Like I, I never read the Harry Potter series specifically okay. because it had my writing partner loves it. He's like, you got to read it. It's amazing. And I was mm -hmm. like, just no, as a storyteller, when I saw the story, I was like, well, if Harry's really going to be the one, they're going to have to kill Hermione because she really is the one that solves every problem all the time. And <laughs> yep. I'm like, so like this is, and I was like, there's no way that's going to happen, right? There's zero. And in in Rowling's this talk later, she's like, I really should have done this thing, but like that was me, and I couldn't do it. And I'm like, yep, this <laughs> yep. is the fiction writer's horror, right? <laughs> right, <laughs> like, absolutely. I love this character. <laughs> yep, I can't do it no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, what is Kindred's about? Give me the give me the quick. Sure. Synopsis. So the quick synopsis. So 16-year-old Lila is newly orphaned and she reunites with a childhood friend, um, the one person in the world that she's still connected to, and he keeps disappearing. And so she ends up following him one night when he leaves. Um, and he's going into this carnival world. Um, and um, she finds out that the carnival is going to disappear in about four or five days. Um, and he is going to go with the carnival. And so she has to decide if she's going to go into this carnival world with him or if she's going to just let him go. Um, and so it's kind of her story, her process. You know, there's some stuff in the carnival world that just doesn't quite add up. And so she's, you know, she's using her deductive skills and she's, you know, she's connecting with some really cool people, but there's something that just doesn't feel quite right. So it's yeah. her story of trying to figure out, all right, what am I going to do about this? And since it's called Kindreds, we know there's a hint <laughs> of what kind of carnival world this is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah, there's a second word left out of that title. <laughs> there is on purpose. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, so I was an education major. I actually taught middle school. Like what? And that's your PhD is in education. Yeah. It is. It and is. What? Like what? Did you? Was it a secondary or or was it something? What was it? What? Or was it so over? it's actually in um, education and counselor education. So oh, okay. Um, okay. I'm a social worker, and then I also work with mental health counselors. Uh, and so it's uh, it's education with a specialty in counselor education and supervision. And clearly this book, the fact that you're in YA, like comes out of that. Yes, absolutely. Um, I've worked with teens for a really long time. I work with adults as well. Um, but yeah, my experiences as a social worker, um, working, um, in mental health, working, yeah. teaching, um, as well. Did you, have you actually been in the classroom or did you go straight through or not um, in the classroom, but in a school? So I'm, I've been, um, a supervisor of school counselors and mm -hmm. school social workers. Um, I actually teach at a college level. Mm -hmm. So I teach the educators that are going to yeah. be going in to the classroom, but no, I not as a social worker. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. So one of the things I always ask writers, I, I, I bring that up because I always like I always tell people like every writer tells a story because there's a question that pops up in their head and like. You can't ask a writer like, well, what characters are you? Because the answer is always like all of them and none of them. Like, like they all <laughs> right. come from me. So they're all me. But like I'm exploring a thing. Yeah, and that's really where it's at. So what was the thing that popped into your head that started? Like, what was that question? What was that thing you wanted to explore? So really, you know, when we're faced with um, a choice, do we follow our head or our heart? You know, do we, you know, go solely based on what we're feeling? Do we go based on what we're thinking? Or really, is it a combination of both? Um, But that's really the question um, that Lila's grappling with that, you know, the writing um, seeks to answer. Is it, did it come from things that you saw? Did it come from, like, was there a moment or was it this like, I'm dealing with these kinds of problems on a regular basis. Like, this is what social work counseling is. This is what social work and counseling is, you know, I think, I think teenagers, I think anyone really, but teenagers, especially, (laughs) you know, they got all kinds of hormones, all kinds of feelings going on, you know, they got authority figures telling them to do one thing, trying to decide, you know, do they want to fit in? Do they really want to belong? Like, what's the difference? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Wait, what is the difference? Well, so fitting in really is just going along with the crowd, you know, wearing the same thing everybody else is wearing, you know, the same hairstyle, you know, going along with jokes, things like that. Belonging is really more about finding a few people that accept you for who you are Mm. and that you can be, you know, wear what you want, talk how you want, have, have people love you for who you are inside and outside. Yeah. This is a big part of your book, isn't it? It's a big part of my book. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm good at this game. <laughs> you I'm are really good, good at this game. <laughs> yeah. I love being able to guess the plot just by, I feel yep. like it should be a game show where I get to ask <laughs> 10 questions and I'm like, here's what's going to happen. So <clears throat> did you do this because like you, like, is there like a, I don't know YA stuff. So like, is there a genre of YA stuff that deals with this? Or were you just like, these are things kids are going through and I don't see this represented in literature and like, I want to tell a story. So I think one of the challenges for kindreds is that, um, you know, it doesn't fit into one specific genre. It is not, it is not a true like fantasy where they're going into like this whole made up sure. world. The carnivals actually could be in any town USA. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, there's kind of a love story, but it's not like the focal point. 
um, it's it's contemporary or well, it may actually be a little more historical because it's in the 2000s at this point, <laughs> early 2000s. My, my soul just died when you I said know. that. Well, somebody said that to me and I was like, oh, you know, yeah. 2006 historical, yeah. um, you know, but it it fits lots of different genres. Um, and, you know, we put it in like a contemporary fantasy because that is probably the best term at this point yeah um but it it doesn't completely fit there yeah but i mean when you were writing the book just because it's based on not based on but because the question sort of arises out of what you see mm -hmm. like did you did you feel compelled to tell that story because that's those kinds of things aren't represented in ya stuff or did were you not even in that were you just like well, this is what i see and now i feel like i want to tell this kind of story no, I was seeing it. I mean, I was seeing a lot of the struggle with the young adults that I was working with um, of just trying to figure out who they are. Yeah. Um, you know, some anxiety, depression, feeling alone, uh, feeling isolated, um, you know, connecting with people, but then realizing that the connections aren't as strong as they thought. Yeah. Um, you know, Kindreds is one of those things that because I wrote it over time, I, I never sat down and I was like, I'm going to write Kindreds. You know, I'm going to write a young adult. I wanted to write an adult thriller. I really? was like, yeah, really? And what came out was Kindreds. And you and pulled the arrow back and didn't hit any target at all. Did not even hit one close. <laughs> yep. That's amazing. But it's what, you know, it's the story that for whatever reason wanted to be told. I mean, I went you know, like studying education, uh, you know, like I said, like that was what I did. And that people will like every study says the way we learn is by writing stuff down because you're processing things that are yeah. ethereal and you have to make them physical and you have to literally decide what you mean. So there was probably some element of you working out that question as well, too. Sure. I mean, absolutely. You, you know, not only like as a as a as someone who studies this, but like as a parent, mm -hmm. like seeing this, because I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, shit, I'm 49. I'm still going through this. Like, yeah. don't tell the kids like this doesn't ever go away. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, and I wouldn't say that there's a, an easy answer, you know, no, like yeah, the, at the end of the book, it's there's still a big lot of several question marks of, you know, what what next and, and how yeah. do I do I trust this? Yeah, it's the worst part about being adult, right? It was like, you're <laughs> like, oh, at some point, this will be solved. And you're like, nope. 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 Just, <laughs> yeah. I just have more questions. Yeah. Someday I'll be dead. That's when the test stops. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a never ending. Happy thoughts. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like also like there is something, I think that's sort of one of the, that is one of the positives about being an adult is that you stop stressing so much about the answer. Yeah. And you're more, at least for me, like you're more like I've been in trauma therapy for like five years. Like I tell people it's chronic. This is never mm -hmm. going to be solved. Yeah. This thing within me. I just now understand how the game works and mm -hmm. I have more tools to deal with it. Like yeah. that's winning the test. It's not, right. oh, I'm going to belong and not fit in. Cause you're like, yeah, maybe, maybe. Right. Right. Yeah. Every situation is a new test. Yeah. Exactly. Damn it. <laughs> yes. Whether you want it to be or not. Yeah. It's why adults <laughs> nap all the time. <laughs> We do tend to nap a little more freely as adults. <laughs> yeah, because you're just like, whew, this is going to keep going. So I'm going to be here sleeping. I'll be back still going. Yeah, I'll be back. But give me a, give me a few. So mm. is, the, is the next book set in the same world? Or is that a different? Did you go into a different thing? So um, so the book itself right now is set in Ithaca, New York. Next, The next one's going to be in Olympia, Washington. Yeah. Um, and we are going to go into the carnival a lot more. But I mean, so it's the same world. Like you're it's, still in yes. the... 
so you're in, yeah, you're in sort of everyday world here, but then also the carnival. Yeah. So what made you, what was it that made you want to keep pursuing that story world? Did you just like it? Did, was there lots of questions that you could pursue or like why? There's, there's some characters in the carnival world that Lila connects with that she wants to get back to, mm -hmm. um, which she doesn't really completely um, understand yet or ha hasn't explored. Um, and I just think it's cool. I mean, I think it's cool to think about being able to escape into um, a, a world that's similar enough to the one you live in, but also, you know, there's no adults. There's no supervision. It's just people your age. I mean, what 16 year old wouldn't want to live uh, in a world like that? Yeah. So what was it that compelled you to stay in that world? Because I know sometimes I have writer friends that like are just adamant, like I'm never writing a sequel, like or I'm never, you know, like I'm, or I'm <laughs> yeah. done with that world. And like, I want to I don't want to just stay there. I have other questions that I want to yeah. answer. Like, are you still intrigued by questions there? Is that sort of what drew you into there? Yeah, I'm definitely. And I'm actually intrigued the most with the relationships that will develop in that yeah. world um, and connecting, you know, it's an opportunity for the characters to interact with people who aren't like them um, and from people from all over the world um, in a meaningful way. Um, and so, so I'm, you know, as I'm writing, as I'm working through it, I'm, I'm just interested. I'm curious about the depth of the relationships, how they're going to work out. Yeah. Um, and it's, that's, what's kept me there. It's, it is always that, that that's just one of those writer questions that always fascinates me because like, again, doing nonfiction, John and I wrote this first book and I had this idea for a trilogy, not with the same people, but in the same thing. And he was like, yeah, no, I'm, mm. we, we've done the thing. I don't ever want one and done. Yeah. I was like, yeah, but like I got 70 pages of this new thing. He's like, have fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's not how a partnership works. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. But then he went off and started writing fiction because that was what he had some questions that he wanted to explore. Mm -hmm. and like that was just where do you have any do you have any desire to do nonfiction or is like like so actually I am working on two nonfiction um through my the educational part of my uh, career. Um one on cultural humility and one on um women and um being visible in the world. Are those academic or are they like essays? They're more they're more academic in yeah. nature. Um one of them is more well, one is more academic for social workers and counselors learning mm -hmm. about cultural humility um and social justice and the other um is um it's academic but it's more of like a workbook so it could be more of a self-help. Gotcha. But it's book. not trade. Like these aren't trade books that you're doing. They're not probably not. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, I run a university press and part of what I did when I came here was um, we now do trade stuff because, mm -hmm. you know, I had been an academic and I didn't really love being an academic. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of research and work that comes out of there that never like, you know, like there's just there is literally a a steel wall in between the world and the research. Yeah. Um, and you know, you look around today and you're like, Oh shit, we got to figure this out because yeah, like yeah. things are going bad fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So it's, it's always interesting. Like that stuff for me is like, how do you translate that stuff? How do you like, so a lot of what we do are like essays and you know, we'll, we'll do edited essay books where I tell people like, you're not allowed to put any of your research in. This is you just, you just like think of it like a New Yorker article. I always tell people, yeah. imagine it's Malcolm Gladwell, only he understands science. Like that's what I want your essay to look like. Like get yep. the science right, but do that in yeah context. And it's more of a personal. Story. Yeah. Yeah. Personal format. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that's super. I mean, I think that's a, as 
you know, like that's as big a skill as writing a fiction book. Oh yeah. It's oh yeah. Really hard. Yeah, it is. Well, right. Cause you have to be compelling and, and, you know, it's, it is really hard as you probably know for academics and, you know, people in education to make that jump. Yeah. It's a different because skill. It's a very different type of writing. And that was one of the challenges of writing yeah. a fiction book is it's a different mindset. It's written differently. Um, and so, yeah, it really is two different skill sets. And the Academy does not reward you for the trade stuff. Like, no. that's the thing, right? Like, right. you, you know, um, it, we, I was lucky. I came in the Boyer model where there was there was some, you know, they, they put those creative endeavors as long as <laughs> there was some, you know, panel review or something. But yeah, it's also really hard because really smart people who are like, I'm a writer. You're like, I mean, that means a lot of stuff. And like, you can be an amazing academic writer, but that does not mean that you're a writer. Right. Well, right. and it doesn't mean that, that, you know, that people have read it. I mean, that's one of yeah. the things I found in educate in academia. Yeah. You know, I can write a fantastic article that I am super proud of and, and I have, and you know, a hundred people read it yeah. because it's only applicable to that specific yeah. topic. And you don't get the feedback, right? Like part of the right. reason that it takes your novel nine years to write is that I'm assuming lots of you were getting editorial feedback and like, Oh yeah. Things change because of that. And in a way that like in academia, you know, I always tell folks, I won't edit academic stuff because I'm like, you're saying things the way you want to say it and I'm going to edit it. And a good editor will help you say it better. Yeah. But I've found most academics are like, I've used the words exactly how I've wanted to use them. And I'm right. like, super right. great. Great. Yeah. Have a good time. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, whereas fiction and nonfiction writers who are in that trade are like, I need you to go in and break this down for me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is it relatable? It is it, yeah. you know, the, is the dialogue, you know, how people actually talk Yeah. or yeah. Mm -hmm. The other good one is always, um, whenever I'm editing, I'm like, I look for the first thing I do, I skim and I look for the summary. I'm like, wherever there's a summary, I'm like, there's probably more there. Yeah. You know, like you've probably <laughs> summarized that because it's either too hard. It's too close to home. You got tired, but they're yeah. like, and then some things happened. I'm like, well, let's give me a few pages on what happened. Right. On what actually yeah, happened. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I find that's the most helpful initial editorial. Mm -hmm. Just like go highlight all the summaries and fill those out, then send it back to me. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, um, I'm so happy that your book is coming out, that you got it done. That's a big deal. I'm also super happy that you have planned the thing. Thank you. And yeah. that you're going to celebrate that and make your friends fawn over you. That's my hope. <laughs> yeah. It's a potluck, right? Like you're not making anything. No, I'm not. My, my, uh, my husband's taking care of all that. <laughs> that is exactly right. You are the queen of the day. You do nothing that day. You don't yeah. wash a dish. You just sign books and lord over your literature. <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a great day. It was lovely talking to you. Kindred's is out on June 15th, right? That's right. Next Tuesday, June 15th. And people can get it anywhere. And they can get it anywhere, Barnes and Noble. Your, you know, you can ask your local bookstore to get it for you. Amazon, yep. Green Writers Press, IPG, awesome. yep. Well, congratulations and thanks for taking some time to chat with me today. Thank you very much. Well, there you have it. That was BB Russell. Her book Kindreds is out right now. Before we get out of here, just a couple of reminders. If you like what you heard, do us those two favors that we talked about at the top of the show. Tell your friends about us. Give them something to listen to now they're back out in the world. Leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts, particularly if you're using Apple Podcasts. While you're at it, don't forget to check out the other programs on the Solid Listen Podcast Network, including the flagship Mother May I Sleep With podcast with host and our Solid Listen Podcast queen, Molly McAleer. 
Don't forget, we got these video podcasts coming out like basically every Monday and Friday. You can find those on the Solid Listen Network YouTube channel. You can also catch the audio version wherever you listen to the Downtown Riders Jam. Speaking of, the jam is out every Wednesday, so make sure you get yourself subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can always catch us on Twitter and Instagram at The Writer's Jam. Until the next time, I will see you around the internet. Once upon a time, there was a girl who dreamed of flying through the stars, who dared to resist injustice, who lived to a beat and a rhythm that was all her own. Her name was Chloe, Frida, Oprah, Celia Cruz, Josephine, Greta, Ruth, Alice. One day, she wondered, could today be the beginning of something new? This was her one opportunity to do something, something big. So that's exactly what she did. Along the way, she discovered that she wasn't alone. Her body felt strong, her mind sharp. She was prepared to work as hard as it took. Her words were making a real change, and she felt powerful. I'm Gail King. I'm Andrea Day. I'm Diane Gibbons. I'm Lindsay Vaughn. I'm Jamila Jamal. I'm Anita Hill. I'm Brenda Chapman. I'm Alana Glazer. And this is Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio.